0: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who wanna know what works with social media. I am super excited about today's show. I'll be joined by John Loomer, who is the foremost expert on Facebook advertising, and we're going to explore advanced Facebook ad techniques. But first, I have a really cool discovery for you.
1: Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip.
0: So in this episode, I'm joined by Eric Fisher, and he's got a cool new app that he wants to share with you. Eric, what'd you find? I found
1: Workflow. It's an iOS app. It's universal. It's iPad and iPhone. And this thing is so power-packed. There's so many different things in here. So Let me see if I can explain. Yeah, let's start
0: by talking about what exact what does it do at a high level.
1: Okay, at a high level, it automates on your phone.
0: So what kind of what kind of automation are we talking about?
1: So it can do different things, like it will pull a piece of information from one app, send it to another app, and then send that to another app. Like it is cross app manipulation of content text audio video so for example the the first thing it, it shows you how to do when you first open it up is here here's a sample workflow and it says drag this here and what it is is it's take 3 photos and so then it says now drag this here and the next step in it is to tweet that out and what it does what it does is it takes 3 photos manually and then converts it into a gif And then brings up a place where it tweets it and you can type in some texts and hit send.
0: Okay, hold on a second. So what I hear you saying is in this particular workflow situation, it creates an animated GIF. Um, So like if you just basically push a button in this workflow and hold your camera up. um, And let's just say you're at a speedway or something like that. And a bunch of cars come by. It's going to go take the picture, sew it all together, animate it as a GIF and then and then tweet it out on Twitter, and then you just have to go ahead and fill out the tweet? That's
1: exactly it.
0: Wow. What are some and other you can things? Then, That's
1: well, pre- once you, well, and here's the thing. Once you've created that workflow, you've got it saved for forever. Mm. So you, you, don't have, you don't have to set these up once or twice with different variations, and you can even save them to your uh, home screen as individual apps. You know how you do that with like web pages? Right. So you can do that with this.
0: Okay. So the key to this whole thing is you have to set up a a series of workflows. So I mean, while that sounds really cool, I'm not sure I would ever use that. What are some of the (laughs) workflows that you, you, I mean, you've experimented with this, right? So yeah, I've
1: been experimenting. I've been looking up to see what it can do. What are some of the best practices or, or, you know, there's huge variations on workflows you can do here. One that you could do is you can either take a bunch of photos or upload a bunch of photos to Dropbox, grab the URL and then either tweet that out or text it or post it to Facebook. Like to be able to do that, those three, four, five steps, all with the push of one button instead of, you know, five minutes' time. Interesting. Yeah.
0: So I would imagine if you um, recorded a little video and you wanted to Dropbox it to somebody. You could just create, and you do that a lot. You could just create a little workflow, push a button, and it's going to happen in the background. Is that what I hear you saying?
1: Yeah, and and another one. This one's really social media tied in. It's called cross post, and you can set it up to where you hit the button, it takes the photo or does you know takes your written task text, and then we'll send it out to all the different social networks that you've plugged in to that workflow
0: interesting so kind of like what people do with instagram right but it right. But, but instagram only works with certain networks and with this one you can link everything together and just boom have it done in one shot kind of thing yeah very cool and what does this app cost it's
1: workflow is co- it costs 299 right now it's brand new it's about a week old uh i don't know what it's going to go up to eventually probably more like 499 gotcha. but uh, if you want it grab it now
0: so is it smart enough to know all the apps that you have on your phone and whether they're, they're they work I mean I mean literally is it is it like the the world is your oyster whatever you can figure out how to do with these different apps you can you can figure it out.
1: Yeah, you can open it up and you can search through your installed apps to see what kind of actions it's already able to do with those. Mm. And just by browsing through there, you start to get ideas of, oh, you know, that's always been a pain when I, and I'm trying to think of an instance, want to send, you know, my wife a text of a photo with an emoji and something else and my location of where I am from my phone. Mm. But with a push of a button, you could create a workflow and do that every time.
0: Okay, folks, you heard it here. Uh, The app is called Workflow. Is that right, Eric? Yes. Workflow. And it sounds like it's one of those kind of things that's just kind of a blank palette. So, you know, if you end up experimenting with Workflow, we would love to hear from you. And, you know, you can leave us a comment in the show notes. We'll tell you how to do that a little bit later. But we'd love to hear how are you using this app to go ahead and, and execute all sorts of different activities. Now, it sounds like right now it's only a Mac iOS app. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, Eric. Well, listen, thank you so much for sharing that with us today. You're welcome. My pleasure. AI has been a massive disruptive force over the past year. That's why we're excited to announce our brand new show, Introducing AI Explored. It's a weekly show hosted by me, Michael Stelzner. If you want to understand how to put AI to work, this is the show for you. Each week, we'll dive deep into using AI to your advantage. We're talking the practical, tactical stuff that I know you're probably craving. Search for AI Explored on your favorite podcast app and happy listening. And with this, let's transition over to today's interview with John Loomer.
1: Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide.
0: I'm very excited to be joined today by John Loomer. If you don't know who John is, he's a Facebook marketing expert who specializes in Facebook advertising. His blog, johnloomer.com, and it's J-O-N-L-O-O-M-E-R, was the top pick in our 2014 Top 10 Social Media Blog Contest. And John is really the leading expert in the world on Facebook advertising. John, welcome to the show.
2: Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mike. Just absolute pleasure to be here.
0: So, John, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, And this is your second time on the show, so we're going to skip the normal, like, how'd you get into Facebook advertising story and just kind of dig into some of this stuff here. Um, Facebook recently announced some new tools that they've come out with that allows people that publish, like bloggers like us, to do some stuff. Um, Can you kind of explain a little bit about what they've announced and what it all is? and Maybe we can dig in a little bit here.
2: Yeah, there've been all kinds of announcements lately, but there was one in particular that happened recently where there were four new features that were aimed directly at publishers. And what's funny is normally when we've gotten announcements lately it's telling us something we shouldn't do and we'll be penalized for, or here's this new ad option or something like that. But this is really entirely organic. So so one of those things is the ability now to target your organic posts by interests. Yeah, so, so uh, let,
0: let, yeah, let's explain mm-hmm. what that means exactly. Because, I mean, first of all, just for everybody who doesn't understand, differentiate what an organic post is, and then let's go from there.
2: Yeah, so an organic post uh, is just I'm just separating what is free from what is paid. So when you go to your page and you share something, share a link, share a photo, whatever, with your fans, goes into the newsfeed, and um, that's that's free. That's organic. If you want to promote that. If you want to create an ad completely separately, you know, that's an ad. Okay? But up until now, the, the organic stuff, the, do, the stuff that's for free that's done through your page, um, you, you basically just share it with your fans. I mean, you could say, I only want to hit my fans who live in certain countries. Um, or speak male, certain female. languages,
0: right? Or was that more right. countries? Yeah.
2: Yep. yeah, you could do that too. Um, I, I believe even male, female, and ages and stuff like that. Uh, but that's pretty much the limit. Um, so now the interest, is just kind of funny because interest is really something we're used to seeing as an advertiser. So if you're looking for someone to promote an ad to, to get more likes or get sales or drive traffic or whatever, um, one of the things you might do is target people by interest, which would be, which is funny because one of the interests I will target is social media examiner. So it's any, anyone who has, um, uh, basically interacted with social media examiner, uh, the, the, the page. So that means they like the page or they interact with your content. And so th- that might, my, because my, I've actually done some studies and that is just top of the list in terms of um, my, my fans, many of those people like Social Media Examiner and interact with. So that's the type of um, person I want to engage with. So when I create ads by interest, which I'll create ads targeting in many different ways, but when it's by interest, that's one of the interests I'll target. Now there is the option of, let's say you've created this great organic piece of content. You want to zero in on the people most likely to engage with it of your fans. So you could say, okay, of my fans, I only want those who have an interest in social media examiner to see this. So basically they are people who like John Lumer Digital and have an interest in social media examiner. And then those would be the only people who see it. Well,
0: interesting. Um, So, is it the same level of interest targeting that you can do with the advertisements now available on organic? Is that what I hear you saying?
2: It is, but obviously you're limited in that it's only going to be shown to fans who have these interests. So, so, it's, so it's a not sub-segment
0: gonna... of your fans is what you're Correct.
2: saying. Yeah, uh, and I could, I could do that with an ad, right? I could target only my fans who have an interest in social, but I, I normally wouldn't be doing that with an ad. Um so in this case, it, the reason you might limit it, which I know a lot of people are like, why would I do that? I already only reach X percentage of my fans. Why would I reach even fewer? Right. The, re- the reason you might want to is that um, the, the whole algorithm for Facebook and their filtering is they're going to show stuff to people most likely to engage. And based on that early engagement, they will show it to more people. Okay. So if you're showing it to the right audience, uh, people who have a high likelihood of engaging, they're more likely to show it to more people. That's, that's the theory. So I, I thought this was pretty interesting in that. So, I could, for example, we all have fans who are casual fans, fans who are friends and family who really probably don't care about our stuff. And all those people kind of water down our results. Like it may show up in their news feed, it may not because they haven't shown any interest in our stuff before. And when they don't show interest in the content, it gives Facebook a cue that you're boring. And as a result, they may show it less. But if I only show it to people likely to engage, the theory is, they may show it to more people and you actually may get better engagement as a result. Mm. So it's something I've been testing out, but it's it got an interesting result so far.
0: Well, what other kinds of interests can you target with, with the exception of fans of other pages? Like what, what, like, yeah, so these are, help me open up kind of the, the world of interest and what that really you know, encompasses.
2: Yeah. So there, there are things that used to be called precise interests. Uh, they just call them interests now. So yes, you could target based on specific pages, not all pages, but um, I always do social media examiner, Mari Smith, Amy Porterfield, Facebook for business, for example, or you could do something that's lumped into a category. So there's some specific categories that Facebook gives you that you can, you can choose from. So for for me, again, you know, it depends on um, what your niche is, but it could be social media marketing, Facebook marketing, Facebook advertising, you know, things like that that, are, are, that aren't related to a specific brand. But basically, Facebook is saying, okay, you have interacted with Social Media Examiner, John Limmer Digital, and these other pages. So you have an interest in, in uh, social media marketing. So that would all fall under that one category, for example. Can you go
0: even more granular? For example, let's say we publish articles on LinkedIn and on Facebook and on Twitter. Can we actually say uh, a sub-segment of our fans that are interested in LinkedIn target this particular post just to them? Yes, you could. Interesting. Now... um Uh, I mean, a lot of different things are going through my mind right now. And and I find it really cool. Now, one of the things Facebook said is this is for publishers. Um, What does that really mean? Because does this mean these features and functions are not available to all businesses who have Facebook pages, only those that publish blog content? Or do they really just mean any Facebook page now has this capability?
2: Well, there are actually four main features that were rolled out. And that's just one of them. And really, I believe that's rolled out to everybody. Um, a couple of others that would, I guess, be related more to publishers. First is smart publishing. This is something that's been rolled out to a very small number of like big media companies, basically. I don't have it. Uh, I wish I did. But basically, Facebook looks at the links that people are sharing on Facebook that are most popular. And if you, if you turn this feature on then it will automatically share these links with your fans. So oh. it's not so much your, like your, your regular organic posting where you're putting your comments and stuff with it. If there's, if they are seeing that certain links are, are being shared a lot to Facebook, they'll automatically publish those to your fans. So it won't go to your page, but it'll go to their news feeds. Is this what Starts we see? One.
0: Is this what we see when someone shares a story and then it says other stories that are similar to this? Do you understand what I'm talking about in the news feed where maybe someone will share a video and then underneath will be some Facebook recommended videos that seem to be related to the one that somebody else shared?
2: No, this would, this would just be, this would appear just like any other share to Facebook. So it'll say, social media examiner shared this link. There won't be any um, any description comment from you above it, of course. It'll just be the link with the um, thumbnail and description and title. And it'll just go straight to the... So, there's some, basically some auto-publishing happening there based on user engagement with that particular story that's doing really well.
0: Wow, I hear what you're saying. So basically, if I'm a publication X and one of my stories gets shared like crazy, Facebook will start recommending it to other people, whether they're fans of mine or not. Is that what I hear you saying?
2: Well, be clear. This has nothing to do with what you have shared already to Facebook. No, but I'm talking uh, about like the
0: aggregation of the fans, you know, of Time Magazine seem to be sharing this one article. So Facebook will kind of classify it as valuable and show it to other people. Is that kind of what I hear you saying?
2: Right. But uh, your fans. So for example, Social Media Examiner Facebook page um, is connected to SocialMediaExaminer.com. So you've had two, probably two blog posts published today. And even if you haven't shared those yet, if Facebook is picking up that people are sharing it like crazy on Facebook, it'll automatically be could could automatically be published uh, to to your fan.
0: Ah, gotcha. Cool. What yeah, I, so
2: that's that's one of the options. Oh, go ahead.
0: Yeah, keep going. I mean, is there anything else that's worth mentioning on the new announcements front with Facebook?
2: Yeah. So uh, another one that was interesting was a post end date. We don't have to talk a whole lot about that, but basically something that if there's something that you're sharing with your fans, it's going to expire. You can put a post-end date, so it just kind of disappears into thin air at, at, on a certain date, which, which can be helpful. Really um, interesting.
0: Like, for example, you have a webinar, and it starts Tuesday at 10 o'clock. Right. You, boom, just make it literally go away, huh? Interesting. Right,
2: right. So no longer appear in news feeds or on your page. And then the final one, which is more for publishers, again, is an improvements to domain insights. So um, this is a form of insights most people don't use. If you have your own website, you should. So if you go to Facebook.com slash insights, this is different from your page insights. These are the insights associated with your website, ass- assuming that you have connected your website to Facebook, which most serious publishers have done. Um, so, But the improvements are um, you'll get an overview of the most popular articles. Uh, basically, the people have clicked on links from Facebook to your page or to your website, sorry – or shared specific articles from your website, Facebook have record of all those that are most popular during the last seven days, thirty days, whatever. But in addition to that, now um, they'll have an overview. Okay, th- this post, for example, um, got a ton of clicks from Facebook, and if you click to expand, it'll show you the top pages that shared it and how much, how many clicks were generated from those pages.
0: Wow, that's really cool. Now. Um we should probably pause here for a second and let everybody know that um, it's not everybody in your company that can see that. You have to set up administrators, right? Don't you on your in your in your Open Graph code, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like, yeah. um, I think that uh, I use a series of different plugins on our WordPress-driven site, and it asks me for the admin IDs. Am, am I am I going, I'm going off memory here. Does that seem about right? And those are the people that can see the insights when you go to facebook.com/slash insights.
2: Yeah, it's been a long time since I've set that up, but I, 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 I had to claim my site when, when I set it up, and yeah, there's not publicly available information.
0: And you know what? I mean, this is really interesting because it's almost like Google Analytics meets Facebook, right? It's yeah. it's unique insight that I think so many of us forget to look at, and I literally wrote that down because I'm like, oh, you know, we've got a social team over here, and we're not even looking at that.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: We're just looking at our Facebook insights and our Google Analytics, and we don't really get that insight from either. And I think that's really intriguing. Um, what's your take on dark uh, dark data? Uh, this is something I know I didn't plan on asking you, but Facebook <laughs> Analytics um, uh, Facebook Analytics provides you um, you know you can set you can use what's called UTM codes. Are you familiar with this at right. all in Google yeah, Analytics? Yeah. Yes, but um, and that's how you can track the organic activity that's coming from your Facebook posts. But I've been told that Google Analytics um, is underreporting the traffic coming from Facebook because it seems to be classified under direct. And I've heard people in the industry call it Facebook dark traffic or whatever. I don't know if I'm even saying it right. But have you heard about this at all? And how are you tracking this? Go ahead.
2: Yeah. So first of all, I've been using uh, UTM tags a lot more over the last few months, um, uh, for some of my testing, because I want to get like, for example, with these, um, or with this organic, um, interest targeting and whatnot, I want to get a better sense of when I target certain interests, how, what they do on my site. So not only do they click the link, but do, do they stay on my site for very long? Do they end up converting on things, whatever. So I've been targeting by interest and using a specific UTM parameter for that. So, um, First of all, I do use it. Second of all, I've heard whispers that uh, Google is in no, no rush to make Facebook traffic look good. Mm. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, uh, but some things to consider, though, with the UTM stuff. And yes, I use it a lot to really, like I said, to dig in a little bit more beyond what Facebook tells you. It's like they'll tell you what, whether you've got the clicks and even if you got a conversion. But we won't know things like how long they were on your site, which can be really helpful. Um, the issue, though, with the UTM tags is that, let's, let's say you have a post, uh, you put a UTM tag on it, share it to Facebook, somebody views it, loves it, clicks on the link, and you get some great data out of that, but they then share it to Twitter. Someone views that on Twitter, they click that link, that's that same UTM tagged link now that's been shared from Facebook, they click on that. So some of that traffic is going to come from other places, they, but you can still kind of say, well… That Facebook post, though, was the source of all of that traffic. Even if they ended up someone someone ended up seeing it on Twitter or somewhere else.
0: Yeah, and just to give people a little bit of background, or like, what the heck are you guys talking about? Because I'm sure somebody <laughs> listening to this is like rolling their eyes right now. If you if you Google um, Google Analytics UTM, you will see that you can generate um, a special URL for your website, like your blogpost.com with a question mark and a bunch of code and in there you can put like the source and the campaign and, and a couple other things and it will allow you within Google Analytics to look at deeper deeper stuff. And what we were trying to figure out on on our site is what percentage of our traffic comes from our Facebook page versus organic sharing. And the mm. funny thing is we ended up getting more traffic from the UTM than than what Google Analytics even said all of Facebook was providing. So then we did a little more research ah. And we came to the conclusion, uh, along with a lot of other people in the industry, that Facebook is not tracking everything. I mean, Google Analytics is not tracking everything. For example, when you're on your mobile app and you pull up a, a website page, it doesn't actually send you to the website. It pulls up that page still while you're in the app. And, and the theory out there is not all that traffic is being accurately tracked by Google as sourcing from Facebook. And it gets lumped under this category called Direct. And, um, and that's what a lot of people are postulating is the issue right now, because, um, you're right when you share that link, someone might end up encoding that link in Twitter and sharing it out elsewhere. And it does create a little bit of an issue, but, um, but I'm, I'm of the thinking and a lot of my peers are that what you see from Google analytics for the traffic from Facebook is actually less than what Facebook is actually delivering. And um, I believe a lot of it has to do with these mobile apps, you know, not actually sending you off of Facebook, but keeping you within Facebook. Absolutely. And, and unlike Twitter, which wraps all your tweets in a in a special URL so that it's obviously trackable from Twitter, Facebook doesn't do that, and that's part of the challenge. Now, um,
2: yeah, and really, the, yeah, and really, sorry to interrupt. The, the, the bottom line there is that the the metrics. It, you can't get too bent out of shape on this. The metrics you see from Facebook are never going to be exactly what you see on Google. There are lots of reasons for that. Some of it's just because they measure things differently, but um, you, you, you just kind of have to decide what you want to accept as fact and what, you know, what do you want to, you know, what makes the most sense. And so, uh, but yeah, that's one of the struggles you have to deal with constantly. I can actually talk about how I used UTM as uh, relevant to our earlier discussion. If you want, go ahead. Yeah, so um, we were talking earlier about the interest targeting of organic posts. So the way I'm t- testing that right now is I'm running a campaign. So this is now paid, but I want to see the impact of each of these interests. Okay, So I'm, I'm, I'm promoting a post. And I have one ad set for each interest. So basically one ad set, one ad. So I'm creating one ad that's targeting people who are my fans, um, who it's not split up by interest. It could be any fan. I have another one that's targeting fans who have interest in Social Media Examiner, another fan who, who has interest in uh, uh, Facebook for Business, then Mari Smith and Amy Portfield. So there are five different ad sets, five different ads. They're each, they each have a UTM uh, tag on them uh, with the campaign tag being, um, I think it's like interest, none, interest, SME, interest, Mari Smith, et cetera. So that way, first of all, I have the Facebook metrics that Facebook's giving in terms of what's my cost per click and how many people are clicking and how many conversions resulted and all that. But then I also have the Google Analytics metrics where I can go in the campaigns and see all those campaigns I just created that just mentioned. And I'm actually seeing that the time on site, for example, is much better when I don't even do any interest breakdown at all, just my fans. So, so that's a sign that potentially I shouldn't I shouldn't target by interest to my fans for organic, organic post.
0: Well, you know this is a perfect transition to my next question because I want to talk about Facebook conversion tracking um, for anyone who is uh, advertising on Facebook, including us. Um, Facebook tells you whether or not a conversion has happened. And obviously, in our case, a conversion would be purchasing a ticket, for example, John, to Social Media Marketing World. Yeah. And um, we can actually track if that conversion is happening or not. Now, um, the challenge that I'm up against is the way that Facebook tracks conversions. I want to get your clarity on this because a lot of us use Google AdWords. Mm-hmm. And in Google AdWords, they track two different kinds of conversions. They track regular true conversions, meaning the actual purchase was made as a result of clicking on the ad. And they also track what they call view through conversions, which means that a conversion happened with, with person X, but it but they, they never clicked on the ad. They just saw the ad. So um, the challenge that I've been running up against in my team is we also use, um, our shopping cart has ad tracking technology in it. And we know it's very reliable because it's actually, um, you know, basically tracking whether that activity led to a conversion. So where we struggle, John, is how is Facebook tracking conversions? Because sometimes Facebook will say, you've got a conversion, but we're actually not getting a sale trackable to Facebook. So long question, but are they tracking (laughs) regular conversions and view-through conversions as the same thing? What's your experience?
2: Good question. Yes. <clears throat> yes. So by default, Facebook records a conversion uh, when somebody has clicked your ad and ended up converting within 28 days or viewed your ad without clicking and converted within one day. So most uh, people don't realize that. That's, that's the part right yeah, there. most people. Yeah, go ahead. Exactly. Most people don't realize that. And, and first of all, they'll, they'll be confused. They'll be angry that that's the way it's reported. I actually think it makes some sense. But you could also break that down within your reporting. If you use your custom reports, you can, you can uh, adjust that window. And you, you have options of view. Th- you can get rid of view through if you don't like view through. You could do, but you can do view through one day, seven days, or 28 days. And you can do click uh, to conversion one day, seven days, 28 days. So when you have that conversion pixel on your site, Facebook knows two things. They know if someone viewed your ad, they know some uh, three things. They know someone has clicked your ad and they know if they ever fired that conversion pixel. So they combine those, those things to determine whether or not your ad resulted in a conversion.
0: Okay, so um, this is the part that's mysterious is it's not obvious to me how to differentiate between a view-through and a click conversion. You're saying there is some sort of ability to see that in some sort of advanced reporting inside of Facebook?
2: Right. If you go into your ads manager, on the left-hand side, click on reports. That, that, those are your custom reports. They're awesome. Nobody uses them. Um, when you're in there, click on the customize columns button. And at the bottom right-hand uh, corner of that window that pops up, you have an attribution window. You can, you can change the attribution window. So it'll show you that by default, it's one day view through and 28 day click, but you can change it. You can actually include any of those six options, one, seven, 28 for view through and click to, so it'll create a column for all six things so you get a better sense of when your conversions are actually happening. Now, the truth is w- w- about this is that vast majority of them, like a lot of people are upset about that, but vast majority are actually going to be people who clicked and people who converted within a day Now, the the exception being, are you targeting the right way? Really, when you target the right way, when you're targeting people who are going to see more of your content, they're on your email list, they visit your website, they're already your fans, they're going to be getting lots of messaging from you. So that's when you're more likely to see not only the view through conversions as well, but a, a click through conversion that doesn't actually happen until seven days or more.
0: We're about to talk about um, using paid ads to promote your organic posts and also um, Facebook clamping down on organic promotional posts. But before we do, I just want to mention that this podcast is sponsored by Social Media Marketing World 2015. John, you've been to the conference. I know I didn't prep you for this, but what was your experience? Dude, it
2: is absolutely amazing. So I'm really very selective about the traveling I do, I don't do much. And when I went two years ago, I was, I was just amazed then. And, but that was just as a visitor. Uh, just everybody, I don't want to say everybody was anybody. It's, it's not fair to people who don't show up. But so many of the people who, who I look up to are there and speaking. And it's just such an awesome event. So when I was asked to speak last year or this, this beginning of this year, depending on when someone listens to this, um, it, was, it, was so, it was such an honor. But these are my people. Like if I were to go to content marketing world, I love content marketing world. But all these others, like th- this is something very special about social media marketing world. Like these are the social media marketers, period. And if there's one event you want to go to, it's this one. Thank you, John.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, okay, let's talk about um using paid ads to promote your post for your blog. Now, I know you've been doing this for a while, and it's, it's somewhat of a, a lot of people are like, why in the world would I ever do that? So help us fellow bloggers understand why we might want to invest a little bit of money in promoting our links back to our blog posts.
2: Man, where to start with this? So first of all, it's an understanding that there's nothing more important uh, other than the, the, the eventual dollar than traffic to your website. So and a big reason for that is it makes all the things you do on Facebook more effective, but um, it, it's really, it all comes down to a funnel, okay? So it, the more traffic you get, first of all, the better targeting is available to you. So something called cu- website custom audiences, where you can remarket to people who have visited your website before. So one of your goals should be to drive as much traffic as possible there, so then you can remarket to them later, and when you remarket to them, you drive them to um, to reg- register for some sort of opt in, and you're also trying to get them to buy. So I focus on those people to buy things as opposed to focusing on interests and lookalikes and things like that. So it's all about driving people through this funnel. So traffic very very important. So when I publish a new blog post, um, I share it to Facebook. I, it also goes out to my email list. So that's that's a large number of people who are already going to see it who are important people to me um, however we know and you you can point at Facebook all you want regarding the the algorithm all that stuff but you could take away the algorithm large percentage of them aren't going to see it they weren't online at the time you posted or, or whatever so after posting it organically I turn it to an ad and when I turn it to it Turn it into. Now an hold on ad. one
0: second. How long hmm? after the organic post do you convert to <laughs> that?
2: You know, I'm not gonna say this is the right way because honestly, I've heard uh, studies that this does not matter. You could probably do it immediately. I what I do, I have this weird routine that I get into. I publish it first of all organically at 2:15 in the morning my time. Uh, there's a whole science behind why I do that. We don't necessarily have to go into that now, but um, so then I let it go for like six hours, and my ad starts at. Eight or eight fifteen.
0: Okay, good. So there's you, really so no you, reason. I, I don't. Yeah, think you, you've run really it matter. for about six hours. You're giving it a little bit of a boost organically, yeah. and then and then what do you do next?
2: So then um, I've I've scheduled a campaign that promotes it, and there are two normally two groups of people it goes to. So two different ad sets. One that's targeting my fans. One that's targeting my website visitors. So again, website visitors. We need that group of people. And uh, Oh, okay.
0: So hold on. So you got a remarketing campaign basically from people that have been to your site before and you're trying to bring them back.
2: Yes, because who's most likely to want to read this blog post? It's people who are my fans, but it's also people who have visited my website recently within the last 30 days. But aren't fans? There are a lot of those people who aren't my fans. But <laughs> right now, no people weapon. are going.
0: Ah, they're going. Like the clouds are separating for people right now. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> how much money are you investing in promoting these things? And set and how much? What's the rule of thumb for those of us? We know everybody's got different size audiences and stuff.
2: Yeah. And first of all, I wouldn't say that you need to set this goal, uh, budget for your own. But what I do. Um, is I do $10 per day per ad set. So in this case, I got two different ad sets as that tw- $20 a day with the, the only goal of driving website traffic. Now, keep in mind, I've got 250,000 people who have visited my website over the last three day, 30 days that I can target with a website customer. That's a
0: good-sized list, really.
2: It is. And, I've al- and so I could spend a lot more than that if I wanted to. And I've also got 75,000 fans that I could target as well, which is decent. Um, now, if, if you don't have audiences that size, um, there's still some wiggle room there. Again, I could spend way, way more than that, I think. But my rule of thumb just in general when it comes to budgeting and audience sizes, is to look at it like this. First of all, if you have an audience size, a uh, potential audience to reach of 100,000 people, and you have optimized, which is what I'm going to do in this case, for a website click or some sort of action, Facebook, to optimize it, is going to show it to the top 5 to 10% of those people. They're, they're not going to show it to everybody. You don't want them to show it to everybody because you, you want to optimize for that action. So if we're going to say 10,000 of those people you could potentially reach when you promote it, um, we do, do a little bit of math. Uh, on average, I see a CPM, so cost per 1,000 impressions, of about $5. So if you look, like, look at it like that, it's $5 per 1,000 people-ish. Then you look at ten thousand people reached. That's fifty dollars with a hundred thousand people potential audience. You can spend per day. That I know that's a lot of numbers and talking. But if you have a hundred thousand potential audience, fifty dollars per day really max what you should be spending.
0: Okay, so um, in the case in your case, um, I know you track these things. So what is your feeling about those first six hours, the number of clicks you get, and then? Um, what kind of clicks do you get for the extra $10 that you
2: spend? Oh, yeah. Good question. So the organic stuff, uh, first of all, there's a reason why I publish at 2.15 in the morning. It's because... I mean, first of all, I've seen it works. But I have I, my theory is in terms of why it works. And that's East, all, do, that's
0: Eastern Standard Time in your case, that's, right? That's
2: my, that's my time, which is Mountain Time. So oh, Mountain. Okay. So it's actually 4.15 um, Eastern Time. Okay. Um, but, but basically, low competition. I and mean, we all know there's filtering going on, but there's just... How many, how many companies in the U.S., for example, are publishing at that time? Very, very, very few. So less is going to get filtered out. I do have an a, a international audience that's going to be awake during that time, even maybe some people in the U.S. So less likely to be filtered, more likely to actually get some reach in the early going and actually get some momentum going and some engagement as opposed to, oh, I know all my fans are, are awake and on Facebook at 9 a.m. Well, yeah, everyone's posting at 9 a.m. So it's going to get filtered out. So basically, I've got this six-hour momentum window where people are engaging with it. If it's good content – now, if it's bad content, don't expect to get any boost from this. Uh, and then – so then potentially what I've heard from um, fans like on the East Coast, they'll wake up, they'll check Facebook at 8 a.m. and guess what's at the top of their news feed because they're getting all that engagement in the middle of the night mm. uh, from from uh, people overseas. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, in terms of the percentage of the engagement and clicks and all that stuff that comes from my organic post versus the paid, that's going to differ wildly. Now, that said, the one metric I aim for when I promote it, so getting that, that $20 total per day, is about $0.15 cents per website click. Sometimes, So what happens is if I get that standard $0.15, cents, I'm good. If I get $0.10 cents or less, that's when I start raising the budget. And I may may even ex- expand the net a little bit and target people based on interests or look like audiences.
0: So basically, for that twenty bucks, you're getting about 133 clicks. If I'm doing my math right,
2: uh, we'd have I'd have to break out my calculator myself. But uh, yeah, I think 15. that's I think
0: that's about right. So, um, have you found whether or not um, the uh, promoted stuff converts better than the non-promoted stuff, uh, as far as your ultimate goal of getting them, for example, on your newsletter list or anything like that?
2: Well, you know, I, I've I, that's one reason you might use UTM parameters. Right. Um, and I, I've seen in general, I mean, the problem with promoting it, um, and really both, is that in either case, you're reaching people who are likely, at least because I focus on these people, who are most likely to already be on these lists. So they're already... Good point. If, if, if I were to compare the results of targeting people who are my fans and my prior website visitors to targeting people who are... Interest-based or, or lookalikes who haven't been to my site before. I mean, the people who know me who've been to my site before, my fans, are much, much, much more likely to be on my e- email list and have bought something. Uh, that's the first thing. But um, not really, not a not a, a noticeable difference between um, targeting my fans organically and paid, as long as it's the same content in terms of the the likelihood of a conversion. Well,
0: and I think the take-home lesson here is that if you've got a really hot piece of content that you know is going to go places and you want to make sure that uh, you increase the speed at which it goes places, you should at least consider doing a remarketing campaign to those who have visited your blog before, right? And maybe who are not currently fans of your site so that um, you can you can increase the chances that they share it on Facebook, right? Because I don't think Facebook charges you for, for a, a, a share that comes from a paid ad. Do they, or do they? Right. Yeah. No, they do not. Yeah.
2: And, um, and actually, you know, it's really important that you create content. That's, that's interesting that people don't even realize it's an ad because they want to engage with it. Bottom line is you'll hear people all the time say, I never click on ads. I don't know anyone who clicks on ads. Well, if you use Audience Insights and actually used uh, both my page and Social Media Examiner in a, a workshop I did recently on Audience Insights to show this, um, I don't know if you've used Audience Insights before. my you should check it out. You'll actually see how many times your average fan has clicked on an ad during the last 30 days. And for you, for Audience, for uh, Social Media Examiner, I believe it's like 19 times during the last 30 days the average fan has clicked on an ad. Wow! And for me, it's it's something similar. So, but the key there is making sure that If you create an ad, that it's going to the right people. So it's the right people, the right message at the right time, right? So it doesn't stick out as an ad. And you're likely to get similar types of engagement, whether it's an ad or organic.
0: Okay, last question. Um, Facebook announced that they're clamping down on organic promotional posts. And by the time this show comes out in January we're recording this uh, in late December, um, that will have been implemented. And um, one of the big questions that a lot of people have in their mind is what technically is promotional? Yeah. Um, What's your thoughts? Because technically anything we put that links back to our blog could be arguably promotional, right? So Mm -hmm. do you have any insight from your take and how should marketers respond to this announcement that is imminent?
2: Yeah, first of all, I'll agree to a point that it's not clear. Like You read through the announcement and you're kind of left scratching your head a little bit. That said, let's not stretch that out too far and say anything can be promotional because that's that's not what they're saying. There are three main things, two of which are kind of a little unclear. The first, posts that solely push people to buy a product or install an app. I think that's very clear what that means. So if you share something... Where it's not even, so, in this is the way I interpret it at least, it's not even so much about where the, the, the link goes. It's about your language, that you're very promotional. Like, hey, go buy now, T- time's running out, D- discount, all this stuff. That's promotional, okay? So you could even, in my opinion, this is, again, just a guess. We have to wait and see how this is all implemented before we all freak out, see how it's implemented. But in my opinion, you could share a link to a product and just have very different language about it. Where it's like, man, this is so much fun putting this together. You know, I really, I can't wait for you to check it out, kind of thing.
0: Hey, John, is, let me pause yeah. you there for a second because we did a, um, we had a sale that was ending, um, and we posted it on a Friday morning, and we said in there that save X hundred dollars sales ending today, mm-hmm. and eight hours later, that had only been seen by one thousand fans. And we've got well over three hundred thousand fans, mm. so they already started implementing this in December because it was blatantly obvious that there was nothing different about what we've been doing for for weeks, you know. Yeah. So that stuff is no longer going to work. So that's you know, um, i you know, so so what are the other ones that you think you know are 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 a little less obvious? You said there was yeah. three,
2: yeah, and, and that one I think is what's going to apply to most of these cases. The, right. the other two are really kind of unclear to me. The the next one is posts. This is gonna sound start out clear, and then you're gonna be like, "What was that post that push people to enter promotions and sweepstakes with no real context?" So the beginning of that, like, "Oh, I can't promote I uh, I can't talk about a, a promotion or a sweepstakes," and they say with no real context. I don't really know what that means. Hmm. Um, so so basically, like, well, click it here needs, to win
0: an iPhone, and they don't even say, like, I guess.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Huh. So 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 basically, it do, it's not clear. Whether just sharing, you know, talking about your own uh, contests and promotions is is an issue. Um, the third is posts that reuse the exact same content from ads. So, again, I don't think this is about – I mean, this would be stupid on Facebook's part if they're like – you, you, so you've shared kind of like what I do. You share a post and then you promote it. Well, then you've got both of them are exactly the same. I think yeah, what if you share the ad- same
0: post later, that would that be used against you? I mean, that's the question, right?
2: That's, I think that's what they're saying. It's like you have an ad that's been... I think they're, they're, one thing in particular they may be going after here is uh, a little strategy that I know a lot of marketers have used. They'll run a dark post. So it's an unpublished post where it's an ad only. It only exists in an ad. They run it for a while, gets all kinds of engagement over time and then they publish it. I see. So, so I think it may be going after that. But otherwise, it could be, you know, basically if you just like, oh, you've got these ads running and you, you then later on create a, a post on Facebook to your fans that's exactly the same as, as these ads that have already been running. That's the way I interpret that. Now, bottom line on all of this. You
0: got to use ads is what you're saying, right?
2: Well, it's, it's not just that. How much of this was really interesting anyway? And like when you say, yeah, uh, because I I can just tell you from my own standpoint, when I'm during my promo blitzes, that kind of content sucks. And I don't even feel comfortable doing it where it's like I'm selling stuff all the time and I'm sharing it on Facebook. It never gets much engagement. So now it's going to get a little bit less. Um, I needed to lean heavily on two things then anyway, as my email list and Facebook ads. Um, So this doesn't really... Uh, to me, it's not that big of a deal uh, because I don't I don't know. It, at least, But if for I, the local
0: pizzeria who says, here's a coupon if you come in tonight, I mean, it's going to be an issue. They're probably going to have to pay for that.
2: But probably, yes. Because basically, yeah. we've been getting free advertising, right? Exactly. Well, John- Now, now I, I do think, I, and I'm sorry, just one last thing. I, yeah. I do think potentially this could hurt um, some well-meaning pages where their engagement was out of they've got all these discounts and deals all the time. That's that's the value they provide. It'll be interesting to see how those types of pages are impacted.
0: Well, I, I know that um, a lot of people are like, holy cow, I need to go back to the show notes. There's so much cool stuff that you talked about. Um, John, I know you've got a free ebook and uh, you've also got a membership site. So why don't you mention where people can find out more about that?
2: Great. So yeah, I've got an ebook, on power editor. So I strongly advise anyone who's getting into advertising and want to take, take it to the next level, to use Power Editor. People ask me all the time why? Well, the ebook will tell you. It's the nine ways the pros are benefiting from Power Editor and you aren't. If you go to slash nine ways, that's the number nine ways dash ebook. And also have a private membership. So if you've already taken that next level um, and you want to start uh, getting sharing your own stories and, and staying on the cutting edge of what's happening with Facebook ads, I've got a, includes a weekly webinar discounts, and this private community. It's called the Power Hitters Club. And just go to johnlimmer.com slash PHC to learn more about that.
0: And that's J-O-N-L-O-O-M-E-R. John, on behalf of my entire audience, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing all your insight and knowledge with us today about Facebook
2: advertising. Thanks so much, Mike.
0: Well, I hope you got a lot out of that interview. If there was anything that we mentioned and you didn't catch it, we take all the notes for you. You can find them at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 129. That stands for episode 129. Also, if you're new to the podcast and you don't already subscribe, it's free. Just hit that subscribe button on whatever player or app you're using. Also, if you've been a regular listener for a while and you've not already done so, I would covet a rating and or a review. You can do so by visiting socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes or socialmediaexaminer.com slash Stitcher. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a
1: production of Social Media Examiner.
0: If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored podcast, a new show from Social Media Examiner hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored podcast.